All right, so we are continuing our study in the book of Ephesians. So you have First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. All right, so turn to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. Because remember, last time, last week Friday, we looked at verses 1 through 7. And then we were talking about, what were we talking about last week, Friday? I know it was such a long time ago. No, actually, wait, did we meet? No, yeah, it wasn't last week, right? So, it actually was a long time ago. It was like two weeks. So, I'll be a little gracious. you remember anything from two weeks ago? <laughs> Raise your hand. David? David. In what way? Because I can't remember if I mentioned it. Oh, okay. When David was was looking at Bathsheba and stuff like that. I remember I made a reference to that. Um, anything particular to verses 1 through 7, you remember? It's like an open book test. You can like just look at verses 1 through 7. <laughs> you just look at it and be like, oh yeah, we talked about No one? No one remember? Okay. It's... Okay, we talked about being dead and raised up. Raised up in who? Jesus, right? Jesus Christ, right? All right. Okay. Um, all right. So now we're going to look at the fact that those who are raised up in Christ, right? Those who are believers, we're going to look at the fact that we are also his workmanship. Okay. And that's the title for our, uh, the, the lesson for today. And so in Ephesians 2, 8 through 13, I'll go ahead as usual and, and read it through. You need a, you need a Bible? Oh, that's true. True. All right, Ephesians 2, 8 through 13. And I'll just read it all through, and then we'll go by it uh, verse by verse. For by the grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Therefore, remember... That formerly you Gentiles and Bahamians in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier. Sorry, I went on extra. Sorry. So, verse, let's go back to verse 8. So verse 8, we're going to look at verse 8 and, 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 and verse 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. What is the definition of grace within the context of Christendom? What is, you guys are like, what did you just say? Right? Christendom. Christendom basically is the worldwide body or society of Christians, okay? So it's just a fancy, fancy little word. So what is the definition of grace in that context? Any, any guys have an eye? Faith? Compassion? 
That's definitely a part of it. That's definitely a big part of it. Okay, compassion. Okay, we're getting warmed up. Anyone else want a job? A job towards that? Undeserved mercy, right? Um, right on, right? Um, anyone else want to add to that? To that? That's. Say it loud so they can hear. God, yeah, God kindness towards us when we don't deserve it. Unmerited uh, uh, mercy, uh, you know, compelled by God's compassion, certainly, right? You know, it's, you know, the definite grace, the free and unmerited favor of God, you know. And, and that's what, that's what we, we, we get. Now, what are some examples of grace that you can perform? And let's narrow it down to, well, let's not. But just to help you out, if you want to narrow it down to, say, school life, what are some ways that you, or let's say that students, can show grace? What are some ways that uh, a Christian student can show grace? What are some ways? Now, this is your opportunity to actually talk. Jody. Having patience with having patience with teachers when they frustrate you. Oh, now do the teachers really frustrate the students? Like what? Maybe like ten percent of the time, right? Because I think you, because we got we got a couple of teachers in here, and my wife's been teaching for the past two 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 and a half years. So and so we so I hear the stories of how you know sometimes students can be um, demons, <laughs> demons. Janika's <laughs> like that's exactly right. All right, okay. Well, okay. Showing patience. What are, what are some other ways? I think I think of you know say a student a student you know student student relationship type thing, you know, sharing like how. Pay for someone lunch? Wow, that's like that's like the first thing on my thing. What was that? What what was that? What was that hauling? You still laughing up in the front? Like like what was what what was that? Buy someone's lunch? You right? But that's incredibly gracious, though, right? Right? Buy someone's lunch? Okay. Being nice to who? Everyone picks on. All right. Good, good. All right. Now, what are some other examples, say, outside of your school life that you can think of that, that, that someone, and even if it's not students, just generally. What's that? Okay, absolutely. Who's doing that? Someone's doing like a hauling. Buy, buy, buy stuff for some. Okay, who does? Who, who, who is in need? That have a need, and you. Okay. Okay, yeah, giving to those who are in need. Okay, awesome. All right. So you guys have a a good handle on how you know we can show grace, right? As well. Um, when you have the word saved, right? It says for by grace you have been saved, right? When you have the word saved. What other synonyms come to mind? And sorry if this is starting to sound like like school, but this is what you know, just for us to have an understanding of you know what we're reading. Yeah, when you had 
Rescued, okay, good one. What else? What are the synonyms? What are the similar words or, or, or words that give a similar definition, meaning to when you, when you think, when you hear the word safe? So rescue is what? What's that? Resurrected in a way? Okay. Like what, like, like, salvation, you thinking salvation-ishness? Isms? Okay. Okay, anything, anything else? Anything from this side? Word save, any synonyms? We have rescue. We have salvation. Anything else? That's it? No? This is, see, this is, this is, this is the prime time for you guys to actually talk. But you don't. But then when you're not supposed to, you do. Why? Why? Right? But rescue is a big one. Some other ones are deliverance, persevere, uh, being kept from harm or death. Right? Save. Okay. So what is the word save referring to here exactly? It says, for by grace you have been saved. What is save referring to in this context? What is it referring to? You have the first one. You have the first one right. Save. Yeah, eternal life. Right. I, 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 think, I think you were definitely on that path. Okay. Uh, but yeah, eternal salvation, all right? Being saved there. Now, how are we saved? According to this verse, it's right here, okay? I want you guys to examine, you know, the text when you read it, okay? Like from this verse, how are we saved? It's like in the first phrase. How are we saved in this, in this, for what? Like, okay, all right. By grace through faith, all right? And this salvation we have is not a product of what, what we do, right? It's not what we have done, right? Right? It's what? It's the, what? Free. It's right in there. The free what? Gift what? Just free gift? Like free gift of chocolate? Okay? Free gift. <laughs> all right? All right? So, unlike some mainstream religions, all right? We have all kind of different religions. The JWs. The um, the the JWs the oh uh, man I'm trying to think of someone else the uh, Jehovah's Witness is the Watchtower right yeah that is the Watchtower right okay um, and some other ones yes yes those of the Muslim Islamic faith stuff like that and, and and many others too as well right that a lot of times the followers have to work for their salvation. Like, and they're working in hopes that they'll be saved. You know what I mean? It's not even like a secured thing. All right? Uh, but it's not of works. Okay? Christ is saying it's, we don't do anything to achieve salvation on our own. Because if we did, we wouldn't need Christ. Right? We wouldn't need a Savior. If we could have obtained salvation on our own, or if we could have merited God's salvation by doing good deeds or measuring up to God's standard, then we wouldn't need uh, a Savior. And of course, we do need a Savior because we would never be able to measure up to God's standards um, as we read and are taught in Romans that all are falling short uh, of the glory of God. So, verse 10. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And workmanship in their original language is 
Pima. All right. Now I know it looks like poema, but it's actually pronounced Pima. Okay. Uh, meaning work, creation, that which is made. Okay. And it's not necessarily or specifically referring only to our physical creation, uh, but really expressively referring to more of our spiritual renewal. Okay. And he says that for you, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And to have a clear understanding of that, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Christ says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A what? A what? A new... Are you you reading this? A new creature. All right? The old things of what passed away. Behold, what? 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 New things have come. Okay? All right, so those who are in Christ, we make up what is called a church. Now, the church is not this, all right, or that building over there, okay? You know, those who are in Christ, those who are believers, who believe in Christ, who place faith and trust in Christ, we refer to as the church, okay? Uh, so we who are in Christ make up the church. We, the church, are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. And I like how the Pentecostal foundation of Pentecostal theology puts it. It says, since Ephesians is the epistle, and what is an epistle? Okay, cool. See? Um, about the church, many of the metaphors of the church will be found in it. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul states, for we are his workmanship. We just finished reading that. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The Greek word translated workmanship is what? You know what? Yeah, but I'm still impressed that you got, well, it's up there, but would you guys say that right away? So that's cool. Okay. Pima, all right. Right. Meaning, meaning piece of workmanship, a creation. It is the word from which we get the English word. What do you think? When you look at that, when you look at Pima, what do you, what do you look? Ah, okay. You guys looking at it, right? All right. It is the English word that we get. I'm just trying to find myself. English word, poem. The church is God's masterpiece of creation. When the church, which is created for good works, is perfected, right, it will portray its maker and creator, Christ Jesus the Lord. All right? So we are thus created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, these good works, as we can see in verse 10, it says, for good works which God prepared beforehand, okay? So these good works he established in advance through Christ so that the church would live in them. And that word walk really means to live. You know, it's like an active, ongoing thing, to live in them, to live in the good works that God has prepared beforehand in Christ Jesus. Now, what are these good works? It says these good works. A good question will be, you know, if you're looking at this text, like, what are these good works, right? And I think a good way, I would prefer for us to know the good works well enough, right? So that, you know, something, it's just like counterfeit, right? A lot of times, at least this is what I've been told by bankers and financial officers, a lot of times the tellers or, you know, bank workers will study the real thing extremely well, 
so that whenever they come across a counterfeit, they'll know that, hey, this is not the real deal. Okay? Um, and this, I just want to do something slightly different. I want us to look at what are some of the evil works, so that way we can differentiate what are the evil works compared to the good works that we should be living in if we are believers and if we say that, all right? Um, so here, here are some of the evil works that, you know what, maybe some, we, we've done in the past. And some, some of them we probably still struggle with, okay? In Galatians 5, this is a long one, but the first portion talks about some of the evil works that normally those who are outside of Christ will do, okay? Uh, Galatians 5, starting at verse 15, says, But I say, walk again by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the what? And the Spirit against the what? For these are in what? To one another, so that you may not do the things that what? All right. Verse 7 to verse 18. But if you are led by the? You are not under the? Okay. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are what? Idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, and, and factions, right? Envying, drunkenness, carousing, things that, of, okay, that's it. And things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things and that they have practiced it's like those who just, who, who live in doing those things, okay? Because for some of us who are believers, there's some things we still struggle with. And, and although we still struggle with those things, doesn't mean that we're not saved, or it doesn't mean that, oh, we have lost our salvation. Because uh, we're going to struggle with those things. The first part, portion of Galatians 5 that we read says how the Spirit is constantly at war with our flesh, with our flesh desires to do the things that our flesh wants, okay? Uh, so even though we may make a mistake, we may slip up, uh, uh, but it doesn't mean that, oh my goodness, I just lost my salvation, I need to be saved again. Uh, so that word that practice is someone who has no relationship with Christ and, and they're completely uh, 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 completely trying to find a word. What? I thought it was something else. They're just completely enveloped with um, their flesh as far as sin is concerned. Okay? Um, so, deeds. Those, are the, those were, you know, the evil deeds, evil works. So then, the good works, right? 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Kindness, goodness. All right. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Justin is singing. You guys sound like, wow. You guys are like. No, you guys don't sound like Buster Rhymes. I think if Buster Rhymes is in you guys will have a lot more energy, sadly. All right? 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Uh, verse 24 says, Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the what? With its passions and desires. If we what? Live by the... Okay, let us also walk, walk by the Spirit. Okay? Uh, verse 11 and verse 12. Verse 11, verse 12, Ephesians. And this is, this is uh, the New Living Translation. I just like it because the way uh, uh, it's conveyance, the way it uh, just reads a lot easier and uh, makes it easier for, for you to understand. Just the language. Ephesians 2.11 says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. All right? You were called uncircumcised heathens. Right? You know good heathen, sinner, Satan, daughter, son. Anyway, whatever else the Jews would call it, refer to the Gent, you know. Because the Jews hate, hated the Gentiles. You know, they were like, you guys are dirty, pigs, pig eating, whatever, worshiping, you know, they hated them. So, so that's why, that's what Paul is saying, you know, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud, right, of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. And that's important. They were all about, hey, you know, you know, particularly the guys, you know, hey, you know, we're all circumcised. This is what we're supposed to do. This is our law. You guys are uncircumcised. You guys are weird outsiders. But that's what they did. And they thought that, hey, you know, we're under, you guys are laughing, but that was, that was the big deal. They're like, hey, we're under uh, uh, the covenant that's been promised to Abraham, and so we're doing what the law states, and so you guys don't do that. You're sinners, unclean. We don't want anything to do with you. And the last thing we want, or the last thing that we would ever want, is for you to ever be exposed to our Messiah and all. I mean, it was just completely opposed to Gentiles. Verse 12 continues In those days, you were living apart from Christ, right? You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the confident promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. So that's, that's like a real hopeless situation. So Paul is saying, like, before we got to know Christ, before we accepted Christ, before, in verse 8, for by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourself, before we experienced salvation, this was us, 11 to 12. You know, we, we, were, we, we were that person. Okay, um, but we who are now in Christ are all new creations, spiritually speaking. Okay, outside of Christ, we're spiritually dead. Okay, inside of Christ, we're spiritually renewed. All right, all right. So hence Paul's reminder of the opposite, the position we were once in. Okay, before. Being made new in Christ. So, if we can go back to verse 11. Alright. says, okay, so, so this is where we were before. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Alright? We were outsiders, or the more technical term, we were the uncircumcision. We were living apart from Christ, living in darkness. We were alienated. You can go verse 12. Sorry, I, I jumped ahead so fast. Um... Right? We were strangers to the covenants of promise. We lived in this world without hope and without God. 
And the bottom line is this, everyone outside of Christ, everyone who does not have a relationship with Christ, this is, this is, this is you, right? It's a very hopeless situation. But, however, verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, okay, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So those who are in Christ are no longer outsiders. They're no longer stumped as uncircumcised, right? But has received a circumcision of the heart by the Spirit. And what I mean by that is in Romans 2.29, where it says, No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with who? And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the what? Rather, it is a what? Produced by God's Spirit, right? So, if we can... Now, I won't help you go back again. So, those who are in Christ are rightful members or citizens um, in the church. And that's, you know, we're our church. Those who are in Christ are now exposed to or are benefactors of the covenant promise. Those who are in Christ have a lasting hope an eternal Father who loves them dearly. Those who are in Christ are no longer separated from him. We who are in Christ, we were found formerly far off, but now we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And that word brought really means to be born, all right, to become. So we can say that we who are in Christ have been born again. And you have people say that a lot, all right, but, uh, but here that word right there says brought near has that Meaning, to be born or to become. And we were once far off, but now we've become near by the blood of Christ. And as I close, the only way that we are brought near by the blood of Christ is if we accept what Jesus did and achieved on the cross. He came, died, he rose again, he paid the penalty for our sin, Right? And for some of you who are still far off, there's hope. You don't have to be in that that listing of verse 11 through 12, where it's a hopeless situation. You're far off. You're you're you don't have any part of the covenant promises that God has made to uh, His people who accept Christ. Um, those who are still far off, there's still hope for you to believe and place faith in the resurrected Christ so that you can then become God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And, um, and those who are, you know, live like it. Live like you are his workmanship. Uh, we, we saw, he says, you were created for good works. Uh, and so let's purpose to live out the good works that we've been created for in Christ Jesus. Uh, because it cost him, again, like I said two weeks ago, a hefty price. Uh, and that price was his death on the cross. Um, and the glorious hope is that he rose again. So that anyone who places faith in him, anyone who confesses their sin before him, uh, and asks him to forgive them of their sins, become, as we read in Second Corinthians, a new creation, a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Amen.
Amen. Let's pray, and then before we dismiss, I have a, a announcement, and then and then we'll we'll be done for the night, and, and we'll just oh, chill and hang. Okay, so let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, this time. Thank you that uh, we that we are new creatures in Christ. That you've decided to. Make us your, your masterpiece. And that's incredible to try to think through. Um, cause I know I don't behave or even feel like a masterpiece. And, uh, but thankfully it's not things that we do, um, that makes us worthy. Uh, but it's just you and your choice, your choosing of us. And, uh, and so we just give you praise and thanks for that. And we give praise and thanks to, Jesus, who, who willingly embraced the cross, um, as painful and as daunting as it, as it were, uh, for our sakes. And we praise you that he was raised again, that you accepted his death, um, and, and through him we have an atonement, atonement for our sins. And so we give you praise and thanks for that. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright. There's an announcement that I have. Alright. I uh, wanted to let you all know, and I'll probably make this announcement uh, just a, a few more times because our numbers, usually we have some regulars who are not here uh, this Friday, and I certainly want uh, everyone who, who normally come out on ignition to just to be aware and to also be in prayer as well. Jen and I, since we, this August, this well, not this August, August past, made our sixth yeah, six-year anniversary, right? Yeah, six-year. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think, I think it's six. I'm not, I'm not a dad yet. Are you prophesying? Are you like, you prophesying? Oh, you know what happens to a prophet if their prophecy doesn't, okay. I'll let you, I'll let you talk to uh, Brother Nate about that. All right? But hey. Listen up. Alright. So we met, we met, we met at the ALC. And during the time that we were, uh, dating, uh, I think really just before, well, we were, we were dating and then we, then we got engaged. And during our engagement, you know, we talked about the possibility of, of, of moving to the U.S. at some point. Um, it was always some sort of desire of mine, to be honest as well. And, um, and so we, you know, so we were just talking about that and, and about, hey, okay, you know, when it happens, it'll happen type thing. And, and then of course, within, you know, our second year of marriage, we, uh, it came up again as far as, okay, you know, should we set a time frame for, uh, for the plan to move to the U.S.? And we said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, and we did. I think we set up a time frame like within a year. Um, but as God would have it, that wasn't the time, right, for us. And so he said, okay, well, we'll, we'll wait here and I just wait until he makes it clear, crystal clear on when and just how that'll, that'll all work out, okay? So, so now jump ahead two more years, all right? We really thought, no, sorry, I jump ahead a year and a half. We really thought, what, what's the, Okay, so so I'm just giving you guys, just giving you guys the whole full story type thing, all right? I'm just walking you through our experience, all right? So so 
jumping ahead of two, a year and a half, we really thought that we were going to leave actually two years ago. And, and that was during the whole transition when Terrence was leaving to go to uh, um, Dallas as well. And, right? Right? So anyway, okay. So we can cut the, cut the giggling. So anyway, again, that third time didn't really pan out and we said, okay, we'll just wait for God's leave before we make the move. Um, but anyway, we're planning and we have set uh, a date and a time uh, for next summer, Lord willing, uh, for us to, to move to the U.S. And so, so I want you guys to um, keep us, keep us in prayer, certainly. And, and I will keep you guys updated too as well as that whole transition because there's a whole transition as far as, you know, who else will come in, uh, uh, as far as youth pastor and how that all will work. Okay. But I just wanted you guys to know, I'm not sure if any of you had a wind of it from anywhere, but I, uh, I spoke with Pastor Lee and I said, I want you guys to know as soon as possible and at least to hear it from me and not through the grapevine. Okay. And so you probably won't see any mean changes really until the new year and like I said uh, I'll try to uh, I'll try to be as informative as I can as far as how that process will be okay so just want to let you guys know that so in case if you do start hearing stuff and you're like what you know Pastor Mitch and Jenna are moving you know what's what's up with that okay so just want to let you guys know that all right so you are fully aware uh, of what's happening okay